Hey, good morning. I was talking. Sorry. Welcome to church. Will you stand with me? Jesus, be with us today. Thank you that you are life. We love you. Be with us as we worship. Be with us as we sing, as we hear the word, as the scripture is read. Um, God, may every part of today glorify you. We pray in your name. Amen. Let's sing together. Here we go. When all I see is the battle, sing with me. When all I see is the battle, and you see the victory. When all I see is the As I walk through the shadows, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I'm safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to
Oh, y'all, where are we going? Oh, that's where we're going. It's been one of those days already, hadn't it? Uh, all right, here we go. Aren't you thankful that Christ is more than enough? He's everything we need. Sing with me, Christ is my reward. Christ is my reward. All of my devotion. Now there's nothing in this world.
taught this to you a couple weeks ago. Uh, sing with me. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. Sing that with me. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we want. One more time, sing Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want. You're all we
As we move into our time of prayer, I'm taken back to that first song that says we fight the battle on our knees. And you've all sat down, and that's totally fine. But if you need to be on your knees this morning, these altars are here ready for you to pray. Or you could get on your knees right there in the row where you're sitting in. Or uh, you may have trouble with your knees and not be able to physically get on your knees. But you can get on your knees in your head. And take that posture of prayer as we go to our God for our conversation. Holy Spirit, as we've been singing, you are what we want and we need here in this place this morning. We need you, Holy Spirit, in the community of Port Orange, New Smyrna, and Daytona here in Central Florida. Holy Spirit, we need your presence in our world today. That's what we want. Holy Spirit, be present with us. And Jesus, we, in this season coming out of Easter, we remember the life that you led among your disciples, how you taught them, and by proxy you teach us today how to follow you. And 
Jesus, we pray that we will be worthy followers. God, you are the creator of all things. You created us, this world. You set it all into motion. We praise you for who you are and the way that you love us. Holy Trinity, we pray that you will be present and you will be at work. There are people who need the presence of God. And Lord, you've called us to be that presence. And so we pray that you will give us eyes to see and ears to hear the people who are hurting around us. And you'll give us the means to be the very presence of Christ in those situations. For we pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Y'all seem sleepy. Um, I'm Miss Joy, and I help out with the children's ministry here. So I'm going to do um, our announcements this morning. First off, we want to connect with you, and we want to know that you are here. In front of some of the chairs, there should be a paper for you to fill out, or you can be all fancy and scan. Um, let us know that you're here. Let us know if you need anything. Um, we're here for you. Whatever you um, might need, we got your back, and we are here for you. Our next announcement. I'm really, really excited about this announcement. Um, the floors need removed. Our classroom floors, um, we need them out. Uh, office floors as well. There's going to be a crew here tomorrow from 6 until we can't go anymore and start to take out the floors in um the classroom and get all of our construction underway. Our floors, we need them out um, by the end of May is our like goal. Yes, Miss Drew. April, my bad. That says May. Oh, that's when it's done. My bad. Working hands to help rip up flooring. From what I see, it pops up real fast. Us as a crew. Our help. Teamwork makes the dream work. Tomorrow night. We're going to start tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that might have been confusing. <laughs> and we've got some other super exciting news. We're going um, in... May, this has happening in May, May 21st, we are going to have a Ponas slash preschool family day. Um, we're going to invite all of our preschoolers to sc- come. We're going to be working on a song with them for them to sing. We're going to have a brunch afterwards. Um, we're thinking pancakes. Anybody want to help with that? We're in the process of making t-shirts to wear. There'll be more info coming out later this week about um, T-shirts for us to all wear. There's definitely more info coming on that. And I believe those are our three big announcements. And now I'm done. So it's hard for me to decide if the announcements are my favorite part of the service or what's coming next. 
but we're moving into the time of passing of the peace, and so this is a time where we go and speak peace into the lives of each other, those of us gathering around. If you're online, tag someone that you know that could use the peace of God today. And so if you will, stand with me and let me be the first to say to you, may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you. So now we're going to move into our time of offering. This is where we give back some of what God has given us as an act of worship. And so if you're online, you can go to ponaz.church slash give. Actually, you can use that too if you're here in the room and, and you want to do that during this time of the service. ponaz.church slash give. Or if you're here in the room, there are what Pastor Jen called last week the contraptions right outside the door that you can put your offering into. The monies that we receive go to support our local ministry here. We support the city of Port Orange and people in the city that are hurting and help them with our good neighbor offering. And then a portion of what we receive uh, goes to support the work of Christ throughout the world. So let us pray. God, again, we thank you for what you have given us, and we give back to you during this time as our act of worship. We pray that you will receive these gifts, that you will multiply them, 
and have them make a difference in the lives of people all around the globe. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Easter is actually kind of like Advent is four weeks leading up to Christmas. Easter is the 50 days leading up to Pentecost. So happy Easter. Yeah, that's right. You can go ahead and wear those pastels and eat those peeps and do whatever you want because, you know, so I don't know if you know this, but instead of marshmallows, if you roast peeps, it is a delight. Um, try it and you're welcome. So it's it's completely healthy. It's made from non-fat fat. Um, also want to encourage you, uh, we, we ran out of these, but if you have these, man, these are great devotionals. I encourage you to be keeping up with these. We are in um, a movement towards Pentecost and we are in this season. We're doing a series, it's kind of called One. And today we're going to talk about one vision. I want you so focused, I don't even have any slides as a distraction. If you need a Bible, you're welcome to grab one in the back on the table. I don't even have Bible reading up here. We're going to be doing this old school. We're going to listen and see and hear and be focused in our one vision today. You ready? Okay, so... You may not know this, but we are the Church of the Nazarene, Port Orange Church of the Nazarene. We are a global community of over 4 million Nazarenes around the world, and we have a mission statement. You may not know what it is, but we have one. It is to go and make Christ-like disciples in all the nations. It's the Great Commission. It's we are called to go make disciples in all the nations. But, according to a Barna poll, it's our calling is to 
basically make disciples and evangelize and share about Jesus, only 4% of people who claim to be Christians acknowledge that they are actively evangelizing or discipling someone. So you can see if 100% of the people are called to do it and 4% are actually doing it, we've got a little bit of room to grow, don't we? And it's not easy. So what I thought we'd do today is we would talk about our mission statement and our vision statement because a mission statement without vision, action, is just a nice little slogan, right? So we have these vision statements to help us live into our mission statement. Our church has um, a, a mission statement and a vision statement. We thought that the Make Christ Like Disciples in All the Nations was a little bit, um, I don't want to say stuffy or mechanical, but it just, um, we wanted it in a different language. And so when we got here, we started noticing that one of the things that really struck us is we live in this place that is beautiful, natural beauty. We've, we're four miles from the ocean. We've got... It, And yet we have a community that it just felt like was filled with hopelessness. We, there's this outward beauty. This, this is the dream. We come to retire here. We come to vacation here. We come to spring break here. And yet there's this undercurrent of hopelessness. I don't know if you've, if you've felt it or noticed it, but... We noticed it as soon as we got here, and the stats prove it too. Poverty level is high in this area. Homeless population is large. Addiction issues are strong in this area. But we believe, taking the Christ-like disciples in all the nations mission statement, let's boil that down. What does it mean to disciple and evangelize here? We believe at this church, that that means that there is hope for all. Hope, Jesus, for all, all the nations, and we, evangelized disciples, are the ones that help give hope. We, disciple evangelize, give hope, the love of Jesus, for all the nations. You with me? See how we did that? We took, we took our big mission statement and we made it our local mission statement. And our vision statements, we have five core values. Hopefully you know them. We talk about them, I feel like, a lot. Maybe not as much as we should. We gather and we scatter. We believe that worship is part of what we do. We come in. We are, we are the body of Christ together so that we can then scatter and be the body of Christ in a world that needs to see what an invisible God looks like. So we become as much like Jesus as we can be so that the world can see a visual example of what an invisible loving God looks like. You with me? So we gather and we scatter. We don't stay the same. Right? We believe that. We believe that there's transformation that happens. If you are the same today as you were 
a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, then can I tell you that you are stuck? We don't stay the same. We grow. If your viewpoints are the same today as they were a year ago, a month, or a week ago, you're stuck. If your opinions are the same, if your biases are the same, then you're stuck. Now, I'm not saying that everything changes. We believe that there are essentials that are non-negotiable. But we also believe that the Holy Spirit teaches us areas where we need to change and areas where we need to view things differently. So we don't stay the same. We believe we're better together. We absolutely believe we're better together. There is no holiness apart from communal holiness. Let me say that again. Nowhere in Scripture can I find where we have these Lone Ranger Christians. Now, you have an individual choice to make. Jesus needs to be your personal Savior. But this Christian life isn't an isolated life. It's not a, well, I'm going to accept Jesus for me, and then I'll just listen to podcasts and watch some televangelists from across the world. No, we're better together. We are called to live life together. You don't get an opt-out button from that portion of Christianity. Holiness is lived out in community. We practice extravagant generosity. We want to be the most generous people in our neighborhood. You know who they are. If I were to go to your house and say, like, tell me, who is like the grumpiest person in their lawn on any given day? You know who it is. You all... (laughs) Is it you, Drew? <laughs> okay. Oh, you're just acknowledging that you know. So, all right. Y'all had this moment. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was condemnation or just moving on. We're called to be the people that if somebody in your community says, man, I just need someone to talk to. I just need a friend. Who's the nicest person in the neighborhood? Your name comes up first or really high on the list. Last one, we're called to give our lives away. That's what it means. We take up our cross, we follow Jesus. We give our lives away. It means that every desire I have falls under the lordship of all that Christ is and all that Christ calls me to be. And so I follow Christ and I give my life away because that's the model that I'm following. If I'm a disciple of Jesus, it means I am learning under Jesus. It means I am trying to be like Jesus, look like Jesus, act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, help like Jesus, love like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He gave his life away. Which means I cannot call myself a disciple if I am not doing the same thing. Are you with me? Good. So, in our Old Testament, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, I want to tell you a story, and I'm going to give you three points. Look at this. I never give you three-point sermons. Uh, y'all, y'all are going to want to write this down, because it's going to be easy. How do we live the truth that there's hope for all? How do we live our statement that we give hope? 
how do we live out this gather, scatter, better together, give our lives away, don't stay the same generosity type of life? I think there's a story in 1 Samuel that will help us and give us three simple things that will propel us further down the road. So, setting this story up, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 3, but 1 Samuel 1 and 2 is about this woman, and her name is Hannah. She's married to a guy. Um, This is back in the days, and I'll tell you what I tell my girls. Just because we hear something or read something or see something doesn't mean that we necessarily agree with it. She was one of two wives of this man. Okay, you with me? Just because we read about it, please don't think I'm... Never mind. So this man has two wives. One is having babies all the time. Then you've got Hannah, whose scripture says God closed her womb. But she wanted a child. And so she would go to the temple and she would pray and she would pray and she would pray and she would pray and she would pray. It got to the place where she said, God, if you'll give me a child, I'll give the child back to you. I just want, I want to be part of it. But I'll give the child back to you. Just, just, I want a child. Scripture says she would go to the temple so often and she would pray. And Scripture says she doesn't talk a lot, but she's moving her lips to where Eli, the priest, thought that she was drunk at the temple. And so he says, you need to go home because you're drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm just begging God. I'm in earnest. I'm desperate for God to help me. When's the last time that we prayed that way? When's the last time that you had a burden on your heart and it was so great that you just couldn't get away from it and you had to pray and you had to pray and it was like, I'm not, it's like you're wrestling like Jacob did. It's like, I'm not going to let go until I hear from you. I'm praying and praying. When's the last time you had such a burden for someone that you couldn't stop praying for them because you understood that their situation was eternal life and death and you just couldn't stop praying and you prayed and you prayed and prayed. When's the last time you saw a need in your community and you said, God, something's got to be done about it. I'm just one person, but you're God. Something's got to happen. God, come through. God, come through. God, come through. My fear is that we are more passed by prayers. Wow, God, that person really needs help. Be with them. Where are we going to eat? Man, my coworker sure does need Jesus. Their attitude stinks. Ooh, I've got that assignment that's due from my boss. My fear is that we aren't tapping in to the power of prayer. We aren't understanding that we are called to bring to God our prayers and petitions, that we serve a God that wants to answer. When's the last time you were so desperate praying on someone else's behalf, that you almost looked crazy drunk over it. So Hannah's praying. Eli, who was a good priest, but Scripture says his sons were rotten. In fact, they were doing a lot of things that God was not happy with. In fact, 
God was mad with some of the things that Eli's sons were doing. And we're about to find out what happens next. But Eli tells her, go home. God's heard your prayer. So she goes home, and sure enough, she has a boy, and she names him Samuel. Samuel, in my little subnotes in the Bible, it says, Samuel sounds like the Hebrew word for heard by God. His very name was a reminder that God answered her prayer. And she took him as soon as he was old enough, and he lived in the temple, and he learned under Eli. He became a disciple of Eli, the priest, and he would spend his days not with the mom that prayed for him to be. She had promised him to God. He spent his days in the temple with Eli. So, I've got my Bible. I'm going to try to read it. I've got it here in larger print in case I can't. But we're going to start with chapter 3. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. Mm, there's that word vision. Mm. feel like that's going to be important. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Do you notice the play on words? Visions were rare. The priest was almost blind. I just love the way some of the writers in the Bible wrote. Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Uh, I didn't call you, Eli said. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Here's my first point. You ready for it? When you're seeking God's direction in life, when you're seeking God's uh, vision for what God has for you and your community, keep listening. Keep listening. God's calling each of us. God's calling each of us into a deeper walk with him, into a life that's led by the Spirit. God's calling us into new ministries and new discipleships and new opportunities. The question is, are we listening? 
Here's another question. Are we waiting for God to speak? I will tell you there have been times in my life when I've gotten ahead of God. And it has been a mistake. There are other times when I've tried to force God's timing in a situation and it has been a big mistake. So if you want to understand what God's vision is for you as we head from Easter to Pentecost, as we go from resurrection to 